Hello, welcome to the promo episode for episode 6. Before the promo begins, I have five short announcements to make. First, I guested on the Vija Please podcast. Joseph and Peter were gracious enough to let me come on their podcast and we talked for about 90 minutes. I'm sure you can guess what we talked about. Obviously, the audio story that I've written. I heard some valid complaints against the show and we discussed why and how I got into writing this fanfiction. I think it's an awesome episode. I had a lot of fun and I was just happy to share some ideas and talk about Star Trek. Second, I will also guest on the Stoned and Social podcast to celebrate National Star Trek Day. Their episode isn't out yet, probably by the time you hear this, but it should be released on either the 6th or 7th of September. Links to both podcasts are in the show notes. Item number three is to do with the rest of episode six. I'm behind schedule, but it is coming. I want to get it right first time. So even though this promo episode stays up for a while, please bear with me. Four, I'm waiting for two more images to come and I can begin the animated promo episode. But in the meantime, work has started on the rest of the episode that follows after the promo. And finally, I have had offers for voice actors, but there are still plenty of characters left to grab if you're interested. I'm also looking still for artists and editors, editors especially to check my writing and to discuss story ideas. I'll still mostly do the writing myself, but help is always needed. I can pay a little bit more than beer money, also, if you're interested. Please email me to know more. But in your email, please let me know how you want to help and give me some examples of other work that you've done in the past. Thank you, and on with the promo. Admiral Brand entered the lecture theatre, noticing an individual claiming the front row centre seat. Dressed in cadet red, a student sat alone, their hands resting under the desk. She checked the time on the pad, confirming she arrived ten minutes early, and wondered what time he arrived for first class. She had also not yet met the new student. With a warm welcome before classmates entered, she asked about his academy induction, and if it left him with questions she could assist with. Her experience dealing with administration solved any problem. He replied, saying staff arranged everything. The hardened woman, flashing a smile, acknowledged and established if he also acquainted himself with the course material. He confirmed he did the day prior. Brand put her teaching materials down as other cadets poured into the lecture hall. The seasoned lady walked backwards against the wall-mounted display to address everyone. Her whitened hair reflected the soft, natural light glowing through the windows. Admiral Brand's determined voice addressed those chattering as cadets recognised the newcomer. Good morning, let's settle, shall we? Yesterday I couldn't attend due to personal matters. I believe Professor Mendick explained his theory on the Treaty of Bajor. No one replied, nor looked discontented. A satisfied smile crinkled skilled lips while staring at her lesson plan. Nobody objected to her announcements which pleased her. She addressed everyone, donning her stoic profile. You may have noticed our new arrival. An open palm invited the newcomer to introduce themselves. The small crowd watched the young, slim man stand, addressing them. His ocular implant scanned 103 individuals. Hello, I'm Echeb. Cadet smirked, some sniggered. Unconcerned by the noises behind him, he sat, waiting for the lecture to begin. White eyelashes blinked. Cadet Icheb, while I appreciate succinct answers, 
you should at least mention where you're from and how you arrived. Considering campus talk, I dare say everyone is excited to learn. Echep rose, fresh creases in his uniform flattened. I am from a star system in the Delta Quadrant. I arrived via a Borg transwarp conduit on the USS Voyager. Without premeditation, he confirmed the rumours and remained on his feet until his senior recognised his response with a nod. Well, Cadet Echeb, I hope you'll share even more with us over the coming semester. Welcome to Starfleet Academy. Echeb seated himself in a quiet, unperturbed state as the surrounding cadets opened text pads. From the row behind, Cadet Soquel leaned in and whispered, Hello. He replied in kind as Andrea Brand addressed her audience. I believe you also touched on espionage tactics yesterday. Today, we'll focus on practiced eyes accustomed to spotting individual behaviors from a lecture hall filled crowd heeded Echeb's unmoving posture. Cadet, is everything all right? Yes, sir. She asked if he forgot to bring his text pad. I studied all the material provided. Her brow furrowed. Students glanced at one another, waiting for Brand's response. Echeb's answer mirrored Cadet Evans' tendency to memorize everything, but the Vulcan still brought a text pad as logic dictated he should prepare for anything. How much of the material? Primary and secondary events contributing to the Dominion War, and topics related to post-war issues in the assigned reading chapters. Andrea had also studied ahead, scrutinizing Janeway's recommendation letter and Commander Tuvok's exam assessments. She folded her arms, certifying a challenge for the Borg-augmented Brunali. I think this class is interested in knowing what you know. One mouth smirked, interested at the exchange. Cadet Jace learned from previous experience to not waste the superintendent's time with Malarkey. Cadet, share your insight into why Jeresh Inyo stepped down and Thelin Shrin became Federation president. Echeb responded without hesitation. Andorians are innate to being more confrontational compared to Grazerites. I surmise a deliberate change of policy during wartime. Of course, cadet, you've never met an Andorian, have you? The Borg have encountered species 8039. The assimilated knowledge tells me Andorians are a warlike race. Cadet Evan raised an eyebrow at the uncomplicated way Echeb described the Borg's encounter with the Vulcan's former adversary. Why not a Klingon Federation president? Being less volatile, Andorians show more restraint than a Klingon, and Andorians never fight without a cause. His declarative responses impressed Andrea, but her stony face projected indifference. She dropped her folded limbs, leaned against the classroom desk, and anchored her eyes onto the boy to probe further. Share with us two actions President Shrin implemented in his first term. Answering, like a deft computer voice assistant, Echeb added, President Shrin suggested the Dominion establish an embassy on Bajor. He also mandated a no-civilians policy aboard exploratory Starfleet vessels. Making the USS Voyager our last Starfleet vessel to do so, isn't that right, cadet? Yes, Admiral. He analysed the elderly lady's efficient movements as she stepped closer. Her audience sat unmoving, captivated. Cadet Jace predicted should make a personal observation. Cadet, do you object to the no-family policy? Yes, sir. Why? From personal experience, Starfleet appears less adversarial 
in first contact situations. And appearances matter. Yes, sir. With every question, she stepped closer, eyes unblinking. Families exist on Borg vessels, do they not? Icheb leaned forward to stress his words against her conclusion. The Borg are not the same as Cadet Icheb. You cannot control how people perceive others. Our actions define us. She spoke against his protestation. Think back to when Voyager first encountered you on your cube. Admiral, I understand the point you've made. Good, take your seat. Jace hid a wry smile before Brand could query his facial expression, refocusing his attention on the Admiral's deep voice as she addressed the class. Andrea took value from Ichab's interruption. She set aside her prepared lesson plan to discuss more about President Shrin. She admitted faculty members enjoyed debating the Federation's new foreign and domestic policies. Uncertainty existed with what an Andorian presidency might entail. As Cadet Ichab has told us, Andorians never fight without a cause, but here was a valid cause to continue the fight in the Gamma Quadrant. A hand rose from above red-grey cadet uniforms. The cadet interpreted such a scenario, commenting on how Starfleet would suffer huge losses. Brand nodded, acknowledging and reminding everyone the UFP allowed the enemy fleet to leave in peace. She asked everyone to consider the side effects. Perceptions from citizens oppressed under Dominion rule will know Jem'Hadar troops returning to the Gamma Quadrant faced no further consequences. Cadet Piporu, enjoying the distance afforded by sitting on the back row, raised his voice. Then the President should have ordered Starfleet to fight? Brand asked if anybody concurred. A few hands showed agreement. Cadet Evan postulated Dominion propagandists could announce the Starfleet Armada as being an invasion force, not a liberating one. Certainly a valid point, but there is something more fundamental here. With her rookies unstirred, she almost scolded them under her stern voice for forgetting the Prime Directive still applied and a cause worth fighting to uphold. Icheb listened, still processing his earlier conversation. Those cultures and societies have depended on the founders declaring edicts for centuries, maybe millennia. How dare we let Federation diplomats decide the next course of action? Cadet Soquel raised her hand, asking if people on the other side of the wormhole will consider the Federation selfish. Nobody said the Prime Directive will solve our problems for us. We just hope not to create newer ones. Soquel showed her hand again. In a confused tone, she asked why the Federation helped the Cardassians. Andrea yielded to surrounding cadets. <coughs> Mixed silent facial expressions met the superintendent's serious gaze, with a few avoiding eye contact in case she selected them to speak. Can anybody reply? Cadet Jace answered against her expectations. She pushed her bottom lip out and her brow lifted as he explained the Cardassians took it upon themselves to change their own society's development. Wonders never cease. Cadet, thank you. Laughter emanated from the crowd. Cadet Jace mocked a seated bow as the older lady rested against her table. One final and positive point on the Prime Directive. It's at least providing plenty of opportunities to observe how the Dominion system of governance is affected by the first military failure in 8,000 years. The emboldened crowd, with Jace's help, murmured in agreement. Starting with Cadet Jace, 
Can you all kindly share whether you disagree with Federation policy to aid Cardassia? Their superintendent commanded for a show of hands. As Nex stiffened to face her, silence returned to the lecture theatre.